John the Viking Mauser here with the Get Strong or Die podcast. Today my guest is Samantha Legs Pill. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. <clears throat> yeah, my pleasure. Um, so you've been doing some fighting. I have. I have. Um, twice already this year. So I've been boxing now uh, since 2015. All right, so a few years there. Um, what got you started into uh, into boxing and all that? So originally, after um, my second child was born, so 2012 and 2013, I just wanted to get back into fitness. I've always been athletic and long and lean, but was kind of stagnant for a few years. So um, when I was a lot younger, I wanted to try to do the tough man uh, down in Clarksburg. And at that point in time, I thought I was still young enough and tough enough to try it. So that's how I got started. It took a couple years. There wasn't enough women involved to sign up. Um, so January of 2015 was my first event in Tough Man. And it started from there. Very cool. Um, so what was uh, your first experience training for something like that like? So my first experience training was when I first met uh, Keith Barr. I met through a friend and I went down to Doghouse Gym in Glenville for two days, and at the time was going to try Elkins, and I had only met with him two days, learned some combos. It was way more exhausting than I anticipated <laughs> this would be of a, a full-body exercise. Um, and then that year, Elkins fell through. There wasn't enough women. The next year, I sort of just kept working heavy bag, cardio conditioning, um, and the next year, of course, I ran a pocket knife through my hand so I couldn't do <laughs> Clarksburg again. So eventually, I met up with Keith again, just happened to run into him at Planet Fitness, and he says, what are you doing? I said, I still want to do this. I, this has been two years now. I, I just want to fight the tough man. He said, okay, well, we got three weeks. Let's try it. Yeah. And so we just went on from there. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's super cool. So um, basically, it was just been... Um, you and Keith, for the most part, is like your your fight team, or yep, yep. Um, he's been with me since then. Uh, we have to travel a lot for some sparring and for extra training, but but most of the time it's solo myself. He has certain expectations for me now that it's been so long. Um, the accountability is on me. I can rely on him, and then now that we can meet more, we we go from there. Um, now he has finally a new gym that he's running himself. No Holds Boxing and Fitness in Fairmont. Okay. Compliments of the Nautilus. Um, but we still do a lot of our own things on the side and can travel to his trainer's gym in uh, Fayetteville. He run, he gets run out of Signal 12. Um, but a lot of it is, well, and everybody knows and jokes that the fight game is a lonely sport, and, and it is, because most accountability is on yourself. Um, but it's, it's good to have a, a team behind you. Very cool. So what, uh, what all does um, Keith offer at his uh, gym? Is it, is it just boxing? or? So his gym right now is a, is a cardio boxing okay. fitness class, um, trying to target more of the people that just want a healthier lifestyle and they don't want the intimidation of joining a gym, not sure what their structure is. So um, three classes a week he offers and every other Saturday. So it's a group class, a little over an hour, and you're guaranteed to be exhausted by the time <clears> you're done. Um, but it involves everyone learning their body and motivating themselves and the confidence that you build with learning from the basis of boxing. Um, currently, he's not training other fighters, but 
people that get involved and engage in the sport, um, and there's bound to be someone to fall in love with it eventually. So, um, so if somebody wanted to check that out. That's in that's in Fairmont, and. Um, uh, do you need to bring your own uh, equipment when you start out? or We or? have plenty of gloves. Um, the people that want to continue to come or feel free to buy their own if they want. Um, no other equipment's needed. It's mostly stand-up, body weight, um, and he has a Facebook page too. Oh, okay, cool. We'll, we'll get that at the end and let everybody know how to uh, contact him. Um, so before, before the tough man, before all that, um, did you do sports in school? or I did. High school basketball, um, track a little bit through middle school, but high school basketball mainly um, at Lincoln down in Chinston. And the funny thing is I didn't do college basketball, even though I could have and I had some opportunities. Um, and I joke with Keith because I had an offer for Glenville, but I knew there wasn't anything else in Glenville. I didn't know there was boxing there, though. Um, and I just wanted to go to college and get it over with. So I went to Fairmont State's nursing program, and I was out in two years. So... I didn't do college sports, and I never thought I would be competing again, even though every competitor, it's it's in your heart, and it's there for mm -hmm. good. Yeah. So my 10th <clears throat> fight total was my first pro fight, was my 10-year alumni graduating at Fairmont State, and the fight was at Fairmont State. <laughs> so I never thought I'd be a profession in nursing having my first professional boxing match at my alumni so that was pretty cool maybe those two things go together boxing yeah it's job security too. that's yeah. what it is yeah. so do you think that um uh your basketball background helped out with boxing at all i do i, I do i very I much think so um female sports always end up more contact somehow anyway um I grew up in a hollow full of a bunch of guys, so I just had to learn to protect myself, even though I really wasn't a fighter, per se, growing up. I never got in trouble, but I could hold my ground for sure. The basketball helped with conditioning and footwork and knowing that you had your own self-accountability. If you didn't run all season, you were going to be out of shape by the time basketball came. So I, I, I credit that background a lot. Cool. Um, what about uh, other stuff? Do you do any kind of um, strength and conditioning or anything like that? So up till recently, um, the background before I started boxing, I, I really didn't. Um, I do live on a farm. We have a lot of just physical manual labor that I have to do all the time. Um, and that keeps you in shape more than you would think. Uh, not so much cardio, but... Um, and actually when I blew my shoulder out before I turned pro... Um, I can credit that to hay bales. <laughs> I mean, uh, just that, that rotation motion of above the loft, only a couple of us can, can reach that. And um, that fitness as a baseline, I think, also helps. So, Yeah, for sure. And are you doing anything um, outside of that? I know you mentioned uh, Planet Fitness and all that. Do you? Uh... So I always, once I started back into fitness and training, um, I always had just a basic gym membership. Um, I would set my own workouts for the week. I would go spend at least an hour, usually after I get off work in the morning, um, which in the winter it's helpful, and I'm not as sleepy to drive home after night shift. But uh, by the time you're done, you're, you're tired again anyway. But um, I've also started, again, working out at the Nautilus, now that Keith's gym is behind there. Um, and as the past year has progressed developing as pro boxing, I've learned what I really need to do. Um, someone actually told me it doesn't matter how hard you're working if you're not working on the right things. 
and that really has stuck with me since I learned that because um, many people are at Planet Fitness working hard for an hour, uh, mm-hmm. but not they're not developing as an athlete mm-hmm. and progressing as a professional. So once I learned that and actually thought about it for a while, I had to find out what I needed to fix, where I could improve, mm-hmm. and how I needed to do it. Um, other than the yard work and farm stuff that I have going on at home, I have a five and a nine-year-old, and they're busy as heck in the springtime. <laughs> I mean, you have baseball games, and of course, as I said, work. Um, so as of lately, it was harder for me to make myself accountable to do as much as I needed to do mm-hmm. and work as hard as I needed to work. Um, so there's, there's different days that I do work with Keith on, on different things in conditioning for boxing-wise other than just ring work and sparring and movements. I recently started going to Gorilla Strength and Fitness in Nutter Fort out of Clarksburg because um, I, I had no strength training, really. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't do much strength training at all. Um, the time that I do get to spend with Keith, it's valuable for, for the sport, and I know I need a stronger base now. Um, mm-hmm. With boxing, it is a different kind of strength training, though. I have to rely on fast twitch fibers to be faster, and I have to rely on slower and bigger muscle groups for when I get fatigued and have a good background. So really this past six months, I've had to open up and learn on what I need to do and where I need to improve. Um, Also, I'm not a young pup anymore. I'm 31. So with women's boxing, though, they tend to peak in their 30s. So I'm not too late for the game. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I still have room to grow. Um, Minor ailments, I have ended up in physical therapy. And actually, last week, we did a new uh, injury prevention program. I started in screening that they use a lot for college-level athletes as well. Um, But to find where my weaknesses are, and now I'm so optimistic to learn where I can grow and how I can prove knowing exactly what those are. So like I said, if I'm not working on the right things, it doesn't matter how hard I'm working. So everything I've done up to this point, as compared to what the next six months to a year is going to bring me, I'm, I'm just really excited of what's in store. Yeah, that's cool. It sounds like you've really thought about it. Um, I know a lot of, uh, and I've encountered a lot of athletes, they kind of run around, uh, like a chicken with his head cut off, like, well, I'm going to go do, you know, weightlifting today and then go do this with no real uh, rhyme or reason to what they're doing, you know. Um, and I think this is one of the things that sets people apart when you realize, like, hey, I have this this weakness or something isn't as strong as it should be. <clears throat> and you you cut that off and you, you head down that road and you fix that and you just kind of – you're constantly working on something very specific. I think that's uh, – that's a key for any sport, let alone with uh, one where you could get punched. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I used to do. I used to just go, and as long I thought as long as I'm working on something, it's okay. But yeah. really, that's not the case. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so tell us about, uh, you just had a fight out in L.A. Um, tell us a little bit about that. I did. I fought in Los Angeles on my dad's birthday. It was Friday the 13th. Um, my opponent was Marcella Cornejo, which at the time was number two in the world, super middleweight division. Now she's currently number one. So you're welcome, Mari, for the win. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was really excited for it. Was, it was a short notice. Um, we thought it was actually going to be a week later than it ended up being. So we went from a three-week preparedness plan to 
less than two weeks really by the time we had to fly out and, and get ready. Um, but it was definitely something that I wasn't going to say no to. Not the fact that it was on ESPN, that, w that wasn't a seller, that was an oh by the way. Mm -hmm. So that took us by surprise. Um, the reason I wanted to do it so much, uh, although knowing the risks that were involved with the record, um, going in on it was, was 3-0, and and I knew that was a big risk to lose that zero, but to be able to compare myself, and it's like going back to what I said about training, if I didn't know what I needed to work on, I couldn't get any better. So why not jump in the ring with the best in the world mm -hmm. and start from scratch knowing exactly what I needed to do? To improve so comparing what I have to do in my daily living as opposed to someone who can train full-time as an athlete um, with sponsorships and promoters you know I'm pretty damn proud of what we accomplished mm -hmm. and just the level and the stress that happened with that um, yeah it was a downer for about a week or so no one wants to lose regardless of who you lose to so it was a lot of self-reflection involved, um, but now very positive for where we can go from here. Um, women's boxing has taken a big leap since the last Olympics. Um, mm -hmm. Clarissa Shields has been on Showbox. There's recently been a televised fight on HBO, which HBO's never had a televised fight. Um, Cecilia Brackus and Kaylee Reese was on that, and they had over 900,000 viewers. Mm. In August, it'll be two years since Heather Hardy in New York had a first women's televised boxing fight. So we've only been on TV in two years. And here I'm this nurse farmer from West Virginia on ESPN. Yeah. Um, so it's great for women's sports in general. It's a great leap in support for women's boxing specifically. Um, and if I could do it all, all over again, I would. And my hopes is that, yeah, I think we can make it back to that point. Um, I know that I need to big, build a bigger and better groundwork coming up. Um, and that's just now that I know where my training lacks and where we need to be, um, we'll be absolutely more prepared next time. But the, the show was under Golden Boy Promotions and they, they treated us fantastic. Some people have travel and have nightmares about, oh, I went here and they, they did this to us and they told us this. No, it was a great experience overall. It really was. Um, her team and her management was very nice to me. Um, I'd actually connected with Cornejo previously um, through some phone calls and on FaceTime with a friend that I met in New York City, um, Jamie, who runs J. Lou Bags. She sponsored the, um, the Olympic girls on Team USA. Mm -hmm. When they went for boxing, she made um, luxury handbags specifically for boxing, and they were great. So I actually met her. Um, who also works with Maricela. Um, and the subject came up, if you would ever be posed with the opportunity to fight someone like Cornejo or someone like that, would you do it? Would you be willing to fight her? And I said, yes. Yes, I will. Not just for the exposure, but I need to test myself. Mm -hmm. I need to know what I have and what I don't have. Um, the extra stretch stressors of the such big of event in the TV. I, yeah, I think it might have got to me a little later on once the fight started. Um, but but now I know. And I can see the mistakes I did that I normally wouldn't do. And it was a very eventful three days. Um, but but I'll, I'll, I'll take it and I'll grow from it. 
So you went out uh, to LA a couple days before the fight? Yes, yeah, so we went out on Wednesday. The fight was gonna be, it was a Friday night fight. Uh, we went on Wednesday. There was some medicals that I had to finish. California Commission's pretty strict. I had an MRI. I had a neurological exam. Um, and then was was e regular evening when all that was finished, but three hours behind on the West Coast. So then yeah. we went to the gym, got off the last couple pounds, and had a little media workout there. Um, Thursday mornings were weigh-ins. Um, and actually, WBOI came and, and followed me to help you know, document my story and my hospital of all people helped sponsor them to come. I was flattered and blown away by that. Um, so overall, it was such a great experience. Um, and part of why I wanted to turn pro is there's not very many events here in West Virginia. Mm -hmm. There's not very many fighters. Um, I can't afford just to, to travel somewhere and hope to be a fight and not have an opponent. You know, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I'm using my own money for all this. I have zero sponsors. Um, otherwise, I would have never been on the West Coast. And I could probably still say that L.A. wouldn't be somewhere that I would pick to take a family vacation that we do once every three or four years. But now I've seen the Pacific because of boxing. Um, and I really look forward to where it, else it will take me and that I can share with my family. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> so what's next, right? Uh, what's next then? Um, so this, this fight wasn't too long ago, right? How long ago? Right. It was just a few weeks ago. It was on the 13th. Um, I was hoping to be able to fight on a Jerry Thomas card in August uh, the 25th. However, my suspension from California extends till the August 27th. Um, we've been uh. trying to contact them so far because their <laughs> rules are the same as a TKO is the same as a KO there, which okay. I didn't know going into it. Uh. Um, I never got knocked down. Uh. They, they stopped me on my feet. Um, but, yeah, so, so far I'm suspended to August 27th, and I've tried to make many phone calls and contacts, and they've yet to get back to me to say that I can go two days sooner. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess not so far, but we want to fight again as soon as possible. Oh, very cool. Um, and where, where would you think that'll take place at, if, if it happens? If that happens, the show would be in Wheeling. Okay. Wheeling. At yeah. the uh, casino? I think the West Banco Arena. Oh, okay. Is where he, yeah, yeah. he's going to fight. Um, Mike Snyder from here is going to fight there. Dakota Linger. Um, Cheyenne Gist, who actually I've uh, worked with a little bit. She came up to Ground Zero in Morgantown. Uh, but she's from just across there in Ohio. Um, so it looks like a power card already. I'm, I'm cool. <laughs> pretty excited. If I can't yeah. fight there, I'll definitely be there. Okay, cool. Um, so you mentioned um, cutting a few extra pounds. Um, so in uh, martial arts, fighting sports, and, and then um, strength sports, cutting weight's like a, a big thing. Um, so how many pounds are you typically cutting like the week of for a fight? So the week of, well, and this is kind of funny because the first couple fights that I did, um, I actually cut a little, and then we couldn't find an opponent, so we had to fight heavyweight again. So then I had to just, just gain it back. Uh, I had a fight in Louisiana that I'd, I had to eat a whole lot before I went. <laughs> so it was, it was a little different. It, every single fight's been a little different. Um, my last fight that was here in West Virginia was in April. And that final week, I had to only cut about five more pounds the whole week of. So it was pretty mm -hmm. comfortable yeah. going in. And I knew well enough ahead of time how much overall I would have to lose. 
This one, on a two-week notice, was a little bit harder, but by the end of it, it still felt pretty comfortable. Um, the last week of it uh, was about seven or eight pounds. Okay. Um, so I, I didn't really have to dehydrate too much. And, and yeah, with martial arts and, and the weight cutting, some people can do it pretty dangerously. Um, being a nurse, I also know more so the risks of that and yeah. how I feel and the benefits and risks, um, how they outweigh. So um, I've never really had one yet that was too far. Um, when I fought Toughman and, and the amateur semi-pro, since they're not USA boxing amateurs that I had, I, I was much smaller overall. Um, the lowest I've ever been, and actually this was the lowest I ever cut. I, I went in at 153. I don't think I could make that ever again. Um, but the, it was a contracted fight for 165. Mm -hmm. Went in at 164 and a half. Um, then we had dry weights again, just when we got to the venue, just for the commission to check. They like to take surveys and statistics, and um, it was 173 the, the next day. So it wasn't, and I was, it was actually smaller than my opponent. I was kind of surprised. Huh. <clears throat> so what, what do you typically like to stay within? Um, your fighting weight, like when you're walking around and just... So walking around, I'm, I'm comfortable at about 178. Okay. Sometimes I can be 175, 180. I try never to go above 180. Um, but being so tall, really, if I just put down the pizza, I can get rid of three <laughs> yeah. to five in about a week. But yeah. I do like pizza. Um, <laughs> so in, in that right there... If I can be 178 and make 164 in two weeks and still feel comfortable, I'm comfortable with that. I really should probably not go above 175, but it hasn't got me in too much trouble yet. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So so you're not cutting, um, you're not doing like a water cut of more than 10 pounds at any given? No, I've not. And so I've tried to experiment with that before when my other friends were, were making weight cuts just to see how it would do for me. But... I work night shift, and which is really hard to get your meals right anyway. Um, sometimes I only sleep three to four hours during the day, and I'm like, I don't even know when I'm supposed to be eating, or uh, I meal plan, and, and my kids feed the rice to the chickens, and I don't know. <laughs> it just it hasn't worked for me. Um, and if I do manage to, to, to drink enough at night, then I'm miserable and can't sleep during the day when I get home. So, no, that part hasn't worked. Um, I just, my, my weight cuts count from, come from my calories and only about five pounds night of or sauna or, yeah. So I've, I've never had to do big water cuts. Yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm actually not a um, huge advocate of uh, water cutting. I know you, you can theoretically safely cut up to like 10% of your body weight in water or whatever, and, and I've done that once. Um, but that was more to prove a point than mm -hmm. anything. I didn't do that because I thought it was a good idea. And uh, I always like to hear when people are cutting less than, than 10 pounds the week of. And I think, um, too, if you look at who's uh, doing this stuff and who's being really successful at it, the majority of people that are cutting weight are cutting less than 10 pounds for their fights. And um, even the bigger people are cutting mm -hmm. less than 10 pounds for their fights. And... Um, there are a few outliers, of course, every now and again. For every 10, you'll get somebody that's, oh, I cut 30 or 40 pounds and I'm still winning. Yeah, it's crazy. But, but they're, they're outliers. They're exceptions to the rule. And they're, I don't think those are the people that um, athletes should be looking at and saying, hey, this is the, the person I'm going to emulate. Um, 
Yeah, I think if you're going to copy somebody, you look at the top 10 or top 20 best, and then the thing that most of them are doing is the thing that you copy, not the thing that one or two are doing. Um, so I'm glad to hear that. I don't, I don't think uh, water cutting is the safest or uh, smartest sometimes thing to do, you know, over a few pounds. Um, <clears throat> so uh, let's uh, take us through a uh, day during a training camp. Like what's... When you're really gearing up for a fight and you're like you're like deep in this whole process, what's a typical day like? So we'll start on we'll just start we'll we'll do a Monday because Mondays are my worst days. Um. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so we're getting the worst day. <laughs> we're just gonna get the worst day and just get it out of there because like I said, there's some exceptions to the rule, but um, I usually can't get a few days off work until either the week of or the week before. I, I try to reserve that and not stress out my my employees or my, my coworkers to, to where I'm, I'm missing too much. Um, and time is money too, so I need yeah, yeah. money. Um, so say three or four weeks out from a fight, and I'm definitely doing two a days. So Monday, I work Monday night through Thursday night at the hospital. Um, Mondays, I usually don't nap very much through the day unless I do get to work out in the morning. Um, so I meet Keith at 6 a.m. on Mondays. Um, we have boxing with some strength training um, at the end. Um, that's, if it's, you know, we are coming up to a fight, that's at least one and a half to maybe two hours that, uh, okay. that I spend there. Um, and then back home, if I do get to take a couple hour nap on the couch since I do work the whole night before, that's amazing. <laughs> and that's an exception to the Monday too. <laughs> Um, and then I don't have to be at work till six, um, but I need to do something again. And I usually do my cardio um, and a lot of shadow boxing rounds before I take my kids to jiu-jitsu. So they're from five to six. Or if I wasn't able to do it then, then I run while they're in class. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, then I start at the hospital at six. Um, if there's any days that I'm gapping, um, missing something there, usually about two, somewhere between 2 and 4 a.m. if I need more cardio for the day, and I, and I can tell. I just gauge my body and how I feel when I am working out and, and what I need. So I don't usually take a half-hour lunch break, um, but if I do, I'm jumping rope for 20, 30 minutes or I'm running around the hospital campus. So I, I have to cross it over into there, too. Um, luckily now, my husband is working on the weekends, so he's able to help with the farm chores per se during the week while I'm at work and trying to do two a days. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely at least three hours total of um, training on days, six days out of the week for a training camp. Now in comparison, that sounds like a lot to an average person, but people that's a full-time fighter, mm -hmm. they're in the gym five to six hours a day, yeah. a couple days a week. So. Yeah. No, it seems like a lot, but I'm thinking to myself, I need more. I need more. And my family and friends, what do you mean you need more? You, look at what are you doing. I'm like, you don't understand. This is yeah. not, I need to do this. I need to do this. I haven't done core in a day and a half. And <laughs> so there's, I have to map it all out. And I, I, can, I, I can tell, and I, I know where I'm, I'm lacking. But there's not enough hours in a the day. There's just not. Yeah, that's true. I think uh... – any any competitive athlete that's the that's the inner struggle you know yeah <laughs> i need to do more i need to do more um so uh tell us about 
Um, let's start with shadow boxing. You mentioned shadow boxing. Um, I've always been uh, kind of curious with shadow boxing. Um, what's your take on it? Like, what's your when you're doing that? What's your goal? So my goal is um, to pretend like someone's punching back at me for the whole two minutes or however I set my timer for those rounds. I actually get more tired shadow boxing than if I'm doing mitt work. And I find because I'm usually throwing more punches mm -hmm. um, at nothing, it seems. But if you're not punching fast and if you're not rotating your hips and core, then you're not doing it the way you should. Mm -hmm. So if I, when I do actually spend rounds shadow boxing, I set my round timer just like I would have for my heavy bag. Um, and they have to be four or six productive rounds. Um, if I have a mirror or a window, that's even better so I can watch my, because I can't watch my form if I'm hitting mitts. I can't watch my form if I'm hitting a heavy bag. Um, and I can't see my reflection for if I'm pretending that I'm slipping punches or moving mm -hmm. or stepping away from somebody. Um, so shadow boxing with a purpose, I think is more productive than people may, may seem or if they haven't done it with, for a purpose yeah. yet. Um, so if I am, and I, and I did get some, um, some punch counters that go on my wraps, um, and it, it was neat to gauge myself on two minutes of heavy bag rounds versus two minutes of shadow boxing rounds. And I'm like, oh, well, no wonder I, you know, I, I see where I was lacking and I see you know, if I'm walk, walking around the heavy bag, I'm, I'm thinking more and you can use the ring. That's more so emulating a fight, but with shadow boxing, it, I had more output. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it is more productive for me if I set that time and make sure it's with a purpose. Yeah, I think purpose is the key word there. Um, <clears throat> I've, I've trained boxers before and um, been to a lot of MMA gyms. Um, and not all gyms use shadow boxing, but, the, but a lot of the ones that I would go to <clears throat> and I would see people doing it, um, they would do it without purpose. And I'd always be like, Right, like, what do you do? You know, yeah. like, there's probably something better you could be doing if you don't have a goal with this. I think that's the the most important part because if you're just kind of sporadically jumping around and doing something, I mean, I just feel like there's a better uh, better time could be spent there. Um, and I think a lot of uh, coaches maybe assume that people know how to do that. Mm -hmm. They'll say go shadow box, and then you get somebody. I guess technically they're shadow boxing, but really they're just kind of like sporadically yeah. bouncing around and fighting shadows. And there's a total difference between my <laughs> warm-up shadow boxing and then when I'm setting my round timer and, and using it for a purpose. If I'm just trying to loosen up my arms and loosen up my legs, that would be when someone would look at me and say, why is she doing that? But if I yeah. have to set my timer and I'm counting my punches and knowing it's specific, it's a totally different exercise. Yeah, I think you see that um, before uh, any of the televised fights. You know, they go back in the locker rooms and they, like, mm -hmm. give you these little snippets of Floyd Mayweather or, or Conor McGregor or whoever they're showing, and they'll be doing these weird um, shadow boxing where they're not even fully extending their punches and stuff, and it's like, well, they probably didn't really train that way. That's just to warm up. Like, yeah. they're just getting their shoulders loose and whatever. And uh, But then you'll see in the gym people are doing that or their actual shadow boxing. And I think um, a lot of people don't take the time to learn shadow boxing, right? Yeah. As a as a drill. It's it's not as simple as I am gonna do my footwork and just 
throw punches randomly. Yeah, and, and there's levels that you can make it more complex. Um, you can put ropes like in a star for head movement. You can mm -hmm. put tape on the floor for your feet. And one round, I might just focus on my feet and my yeah. arms might be involved. And in the next round, I might just focus on my head. So it, it's not something that I can do with many distractions if the goal at that time is shadow boxing for a purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's key. If if you're going to do it, there has to be a purpose to it. And that's with anything, though. I mean, if you just randomly go out and spar with no purpose, right. there's there's no purpose. So you're probably getting a little bit out of it, but you need to really be uh, focused on, on a certain thing, I think. Yeah. And I think that sets people apart. The know? same is for heavy back drills. Um, one round, many people just do speed. And the next round, you know, you do power drills, and you can com combine them. Um, so, yeah, like you said, with anything, if you don't have a purpose before you start, you're not likely going to get results. Yeah, and I think um, that comes from people, uh, you know, anybody can buy a heavy bag and they can hit it at their house, but there's not a plan that comes with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and actually, so w with my trainer starting his new gym, so far it's still just the classes. Um, and as he's te teaching combinations, he himself is holding mitts for everybody personally mm -hmm. and critiquing their shadow boxing as they're learning the combos instead of, um, you know, some places. And even a lot of the raves in the big city is, you know, these punch fit gyms have a line of heavy bags and everybody just punching, but they're all punching the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> without that purpose, they're not going to have the results right. that they need or yeah. they'll get hurt, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. And, uh. Yeah, speaking of getting hurt, I think the heavy bag is a great way to um, prevent injuries. One of the common injuries in boxing is wrist injuries. Yeah. And um, if, if you really take the time to learn how to impact your hand on the bag, you're less likely to, to hurt your wrist on, on a human. Yeah. You know, especially with, you can get bags away more than any opponent <laughs> that you'll ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they make bags up to three, 400 pounds now. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, or you could brace it or whatever and learn how to uh, really align everything in your hands and prevent those injuries. But you see them so, so much. People break their wrists or, or hands in boxing all the time. And I think that's probably one of the reasons. Plus, I think you lose spatial awareness of your hand in the gloves sometimes if you're not, yeah. if you're not really – uh, if you haven't been doing it long, it's like this thing's on you. Know, where's my hand inside this giant thing? Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> um, so, uh, so typical day was um, hour, hour and a half, two hours in the morning. First and this is a morning. Monday. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, then a break, and then uh, maybe a nap there, mm -hmm. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? And then some more uh, cardio stuff, or running or shadow boxing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, you go to work. Twelve and a half hours. Yep. And then if you and then need 630 more, six thirty the next morning. I go back to work or go back to the gym. Yeah. If I if I need more and I'm missing something, it's usually about three a.m. I try to find it somewhere. <laughs> that's 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 a hell of a schedule. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with the running, right? So uh, you said, you know, you might just run on your lunch break or whatever. Can you tell us what? Uh, What's a typical run like? I've heard all kinds of different stuff from boxers, what they do. Like some say, oh, I run six miles every day. Some say, I just run this or that. What's, what's a typical run so, for you? So when I finally found what worked for me, 
um, and, and just for the type of other training that I was doing and, and, and my work schedule. Yes, I wish I had time to do all of that plus three miles every day. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I just don't. And I don't usually like to, to make an excuse to say I don't have time because I think people use that too freely. But I promise you I'm doing other things that most people <laughs> don't have time for. Right. Um, so basis and, and baseline, um, aside from currently when I'm trying to rehab my ankle right now, but um, it was working really well for me to run three miles about three to four days a week, um, which really isn't a lot, I know. Um, but the other day I would try to do a timed mile. Or if mm -hmm. I wasn't doing a distance running, I was doing short sprint intervals or a, a timed mile. Because um, the leg endurance of three to five miles is great, the long end of the fight, but if you don't have these the sprint muscle groups, and, and you know more of anything, it's mm -hmm. the muscle groups and what you're firing <clears throat> is what's gonna get you through it. Um, coming up to a fight, I don't run more than a mile the last, the last week, and this has just worked for me personally. I might make some changes and make some additions, but really nothing more than sprints. Mm -hmm. um, or, and if I do do a mile, maybe I will do it one or a couple times a day, but these sprints are what works for me um, the week of and, and before a fight, because that's what you're coming out of. Um, and the legs get you through the rounds. Now I've not had a fight longer right now, more than four rounds. Unfortunately, my last fight was scheduled for six and didn't make it that far, but, so I probably will, um, broaden my baseline uh, of distance running some, but but sprinting, coming up to a fight has been the most beneficial for me. Cool. <clears throat> um, and is that for uh, recovery purposes and just kind of like fine tuning your uh, fast switch muscle fibers like leading into the fight or? Yeah, leading into the fight, because when you don't know it, yeah, you're swinging from here <clears throat> to heaven with your arms, but the, the only thing that's under you is your legs and they're pushing off, it's more, uh, resembling of, of sprinting yeah. too. So um, in the recovery, the distance running, um, usually I haven't got any injuries from that. And as long as I warm up enough and I, I, I haven't had any injuries from sprinting either, as long as you're, you have enough injury prevention knowledge and you make sure your recovery is fine. Um, and that's just the, the bottom line fitness under that. Um, but the fast twitch, I just have to keep engaged. Mm -hmm. um, and core really gets me through the longest of it too, just as much of my legs. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> so you're doing sprints leading into the fight, and then let's say that that uh, the week right before, um, are you tapering off a lot that week? I do. I'll taper off a lot. If I'm doing three miles at the beginning of the week, I, I taper down to by the end of the week. I'm, I'm not doing anything more than that, and then the week of or the week before, it's down to a mile. And a lot of people might disagree with that. Like I said, that's just what's worked for me so far in, in my four rounds. Um, and there's even been a time, uh, when I went to Louisiana in November, it was two and a half week notice. Um, our hospital just um, released a brand new program. The whole hospital started a new computer system. I was working above my normal 50 hours a week. Uh, I was working 60, 70 hours a week for a couple weeks. Um, wow. I was not prepared. That was not my peak condition at all. I was running maybe a couple miles a week, literally when that happened. Um, it was kind of a rough place for me. Um, but the stress level of work was so high, 
Um, my friend had just got diagnosed with cancer, and then when he heard this opportunity, he said, do you want to fight? I said, I absolutely want to fight. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I want to do right now. I knew I was not in my peak shape, and, and knowing that, too, I made some changes on, okay, if I can do this with nothing, if I make these changes, mm -hmm. I can adapt better, and I, and I know what I need to have. Yeah. So that, that, it was a cool learning experience to know that <laughs> what, what I could do going in with, with nothing compared. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I think um, tapering off is, is very smart <clears throat> because it's, it's all about recovery. You know, when you get in there, you should be at, a, at 100% or at least, you know, I know cutting weight and stuff, close, as close yeah. to 100% as you That's can That's why especially do. the people that do cut weight and they're still running five miles two days before a fight, um, you're going to hurt yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you already, especially if they're already conditioned for that, mm -hmm. you are. You were a week ago, you are today. They just need to trust themselves. Yeah. Um, unless that's what they're used to doing all the time, that's fine. But if you know you're going to cut 10 pounds this week or tomorrow, um, I, th I think that's something really that maybe not necessary, maybe prone for injury, yeah. I, I don't know. But I don't, I don't need it yet. <laughs> well, I think one of the, one of the downfalls for a lot of um, – Fighters and, and strength sport people, um, they want to cut uh, a, a ridiculous amount of weight. Maybe not crazy, crazy ridiculous, but more than they should to get to be the biggest person in a weight class, um, which, which I don't agree with. And then, but then, not only is that a, like a problem, <clears throat> but then their whole shift in training is now more about losing the weight than it is about winning the fight. <clears throat> Makes sense. And they'll get to that week of, mm -hmm. and everything they're doing, all they're concerned with is, well, i got to run more. You know, i got to drink two gallons of water for the next three days and then half a gallon and, you know, do this crazy water cut, <clears throat> which I do agree with. I, I do, you know, I have people that do water cuts, just not 20, 30 pounds. Yeah. But then they're also running on top of that, and none of that is conducive to – like, how are you going to win this fight? Mm -hmm. And your whole training camp was just about losing weight. Yeah. You know. And I've had two heavyweight fights. <laughs> I mean, being the biggest and strongest in your class, I'm, I'm, I've always been the tallest so far, but I've not been the strongest in, in those couple fights. I mean, I've fought with some big girls. I've, I've sparred with some guys. I think if you prepare yourself with the biggest and the best, mm -hmm. um, you're, you're going to be regardless. Yeah. Um, some of these girls are 190 pounds. I'm faster than them. Yeah, yeah. If I'm smaller, that's okay. I know I can hit hard and I'm faster. Yeah. Um, so I, I think whatever they choose to be, if they if they choose to be in whatever weight class that they continue to be, uh, I, I don't mind if my next fight's at 175. Yeah. I'll, I'll lose two pounds, <laughs> and, and I'm still going to be strong and fast. Yeah. So I think it's whatever the adjustments that they need to make. Yeah, I think that's important. And, and like you said, if, if you're sparring with the right people, um, you know, if somebody's five pounds heavier than you, you know, if you're yeah. sparring with the right people, five pounds isn't going to matter. Right. Um, now, if they're like twice your size, there might be a problem. Yeah. But five, ten pounds, even 15 pounds, it might not be an issue depending on who uh, who you're sparring with and who you're drilling with and, and mm. things like that. It makes a big, uh, big difference there. Yeah. And some of the – there's there's a couple two sides of the extreme here and the sparring that I've had. Of course, we have to travel to rings. Um, I'm so appreciative to everyone that's ever had me and welcomed me in their gym. Um, some of the guys that I've trained with, um, some take it easy, and that's not beneficial to me that much. No, I don't want them to, to knock my block off because they're <laughs> 220. 
and they've been doing this for years. Um, but again, I, I need to know what I can take. I need yeah. to know how hard of hits I can take. Um, and I, I proved that back in April. Uh, so we were south at Signal 12, and there's a fella down there that we all absolutely love, and he'll tell you beforehand. He said, I'm sorry, I don't have any manners. If you come in the ring with me, it's on. And, um, and it was fantastic. I learned so much from myself. I know that no female in the U.S. is gonna gonna hit me like that, and mm -hmm. I stayed on my feet. So yeah. <laughs> um, it's a way to test yourself, but then also I've smarted with some smaller people. Um, the cardio is beneficial. Mm -hmm. The ring time's beneficial. I always think take for value when I'm in a ring an awareness of where my opponent is and what it is. Um, but there's also kind of a stopping block in there too. You have you have to hold yourself back some mm -hmm. if you are 30 pounds heavier than them. Um, so I, I don't think that's all the sparring you can, you, you can do. I mean, I definitely need um, to be able to, to unload on somebody, and I also want people to, of the same caliber to be able to unload on me or it's not going to be comparative for a fight. Yeah, for sure. Um, and a lot of people, uh, I think, are kind of scared to do that. You know, they, they always, like, want to stay in their weight class or stay, yeah. you know. And I think it's important um, – when I uh, when I used to train this stuff years ago, you know, you have to. It's like you have to have a purpose. You can spar the bigger people, and you can hit them harder. Obviously, you can kind of unload on the bigger person. Yeah. And I know this because they would always do it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but then the smaller people, uh, especially for somebody my size, it's hard to keep up with their their movement. Yeah. So even though you're not going to, trying to, then when a bigger person comes in, it's, mm -hmm. it's easy to, to keep them in sight and, and to, to target them and find them and move around. And so it's beneficial both ways. I think it's important that you, you'll work with anybody. Yeah. You, know. you can always learn something from, from everybody. I, I've learned something from everybody I've ever sparred with. Um, the smaller girls, the, the, the couple girls at Ground Zero that I work with, um, love them to death and they're they got feet of bullets so they're everywhere uh, but also it gives them the chance that they can unload on me um a couple times before i turned pro I, I needed to learn what it was like to spar without headgear and oh i'm sorry <laughs> like no you cannot be sorry yeah. this is going to be my profession you yeah, got yeah. to hit me um so it's been great we've you know everyone learning from each other so yeah it's a value for sure very cool um, so let's uh, let's talk about uh, Keith Barr's place again. Um, if anyone's interested in uh, going down there, taking the classes and training, um, what's the best way to contact you or him to get started? So the best way, he does have a Facebook page now, um, No Holds Boxing and Fitness, but also Keith Barr's on Facebook too, can shoot a message. Um, there's a few different times, a few different days a week, um, and probably we'll start some maybe even new classes and new time soon for okay. people that those days aren't convenient for. But um, it's a great idea of what um, a, a general training cardio session is like, even for boxing training. Although there's no sparring or anything yet involved, um, the, the mitt work's there, just, just feeling that. Um, and the whole full body and core workout that's involved is... It's really, my mom even started back in January. For the longest time, it was hard to get my family on board with this. You know, you're 27 years old and you've never fought since high school. Why do you want to fight right now? What's so fun? <laughs> so around Christmas in January, she finally asked me. She said, show me something. I want to learn. I've seen you love it, not give it up for three or four years now. My mom's lost 25 pounds. 
Oh, cool. She goes to Keith's class twice a week. She has a heavy bag on the back porch now, now that she's <laughs> learned how to hit it, and some people just, you know, fall in love. I've never seen her have so much self-confidence in 31 years, so it's exciting. Very cool. Um, so, yeah, No Holds Boxing, check that out on um, Facebook. Um, are you guys on Instagram or, or Twitter or any of that? He doesn't do a lot on Instagram right now. My, I, I do right now, SammyJo218, uh, and I tag his stuff and his page often. Um, so come out and check it out. Yeah, make sure you follow these people, um, you know, from West Virginia. Give some support out there and uh, check it out. Uh, no Holds Boxing on Facebook. Get a hold of them and, um, you know, put some gloves on and get started. Let's go. Uh, this has been uh, John the Viking Mauser with Samantha Legs Pill and Get Strong or Die. <laughs>